In your opinion, do you think you had a healthy childhood? I would say so. I've experienced a lot in terms of seeing a lot more from my mum's side. When I came over here, because obviously my dad was already here in Europe. He lived in Germany. And obviously my mum was looking after myself, my brothers and sisters. And then we came up. I would say that side of it was a lot more peaceful. Mm. Like when I was back home, when my mum was looking after us in Cameroon, I experienced more when I came across sort of like the first five, the first five to six years. What age range is that? I'll probably say from from about nine till about 15. Okay. So your formative years, nine to 15, isn't it? Now? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. You're in a yeah. new environment. How did that yeah. affect you? you know what I mean, you get into groups with you as a person, with you as a teen, and then now you're in a whole new environment. Um, You know what? I always um, say it to these guys and then these guys always laugh at me. I always thought that it was always going to be tough, mm. but... It was just smooth, like it was just easy. Like I remember when I came here, stuff like primary school and secondary school. Like obviously, mm. you know, obviously, being being an African kid, mm. going to Europe, you can't speak the language at the start. Mm. You think people are going to disrespect you and whatnot and things like that. Mm. I never had any troubles with that. Mm. Like it was weird. Like through primary and secondary school, mm. I think I had a lot of respect in terms of like my friends and things like that like mm. one of the funniest things that always used to happen to me is that because I was one of the strongest kids at school <laughs> this guy they always deem that as something that's huge so mm. if you're so if you so if you already have that mm. when you're young it's like as if like you're like the coolest kid in the school so like no mm. one would obviously mess around with you mm. so I had some stupid stuff like I always sat at the top of the table and <laughs> you know what I'm saying like yeah. I had like the dumbest stuff but now nah, I think I think in terms of when when we're talking about it in that sense, in terms mm. of the transition, mm. that one was smooth. But I think in the family aspect, I've I've had to learn so much, mm. obviously, through what I've experienced mm. at home. If I'm just going to piggyback on his comment about how he didn't find it tough when he moved here. Mm. Me and Peter, we always have this conversation with Kobongo, and I'm glad he said it now because he knows and he pretends that he doesn't know. The difference is, for example, if I bring the gym analogy, mm. the reason why Kobongo doesn't like doing gym because his family, especially the males, are blessed body-wise, if that makes sense. So he doesn't need to do it. Mm. However, he fails to understand that there's people in this world that don't have his genes. Mm. So, for example, he got respect purely based on his physique mm. and he didn't have to do anything. Whereas us, until we, we got a growth spurt, we were scrawny kids mm. in our family. Our mm. family were never best, blessed with the wide body yeah. or anything like that. We had to work for this. Mm. So even something as little as that, it can change the dynamics of how you view your childhood. Mm. Because, for example, we need to not seek validation, but we need to earn validation. Mm. Whereas on the flip side, based on his appearance, at times validation is given to him. Mm. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And so then that's the different dynamics in terms of now, that's why you see Kabongo, he can be more chill than someone, but it's because he's never had to use mm. that because people never tried him. Mm. Whereas a scrunnier kid, people would try you and then now it's like, hey, yeah. do you get what I'm trying no, to say? I, I, literally, I just literally want to piggyback because I, I found it very interesting how he, was, he said that. Very fascinating. <laughs> this guy, yeah. So you see my experience here, yeah? Yeah. So my experience here is that... Um, so, for example, both of them came here and they did on secondary school, so the A levels, yeah. So, with me, I came here oh, during GCSE, GCSE, sorry. For me, I came here for university, so I done secondary school in Ireland. So, when I came here, I'm doing uni and I'm also going to church in Tottenham, yeah. So, I'm in Tottenham like 
Sundays and Thursdays every week. I would say during those formative years of like my late teens, so like seventeens onwards, it's MK, Northampton and London that I'm oh, in. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then when I get to my latter years, then it's Birmingham slightly. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to that, I'm picking up different stuff. When I'm in London, I have to adapt to like the London mannerisms. Mm. Getting used to like traversing the big city and initially it was scary. Mm. If you know what I mean? Getting into Seven Sisters like a, what, half six, rush hour busy, everyone's just, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. everyone's just grumpy yeah, and shit. Just, if you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The amount of people you meet on the streets of London that has mental health issues and then they, they step to you and you have to learn how to step to them without uh, escalating shit. Dealing with people's mood swings and shit Mm-mm. and stuff like that. Like, it changes your whole mindset. Like, Did you go from Ireland to straight to that? Yeah. So you didn't go to secondary school or anything like that? No, I went straight from Ireland. I, I didn't, I done my GCSEs, my A-levels, and I went straight to uni. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So, so yes. Schools, schools, yeah, different. So that, so the, the transition for you must have been crazy. Then. Bro, that's the first time that I'm, I'm interacting with women. I went to all boys primary school and secondary school. Uni was the first what? time I interacted with women. Yeah, yeah. Primary and secondary. Primary and secondary school. All boys, primary and secondary school. Why'd you do that? Catholic school. Why'd you do that? Uh, my pop sent me to, Yeah, my pop sent me to me. My pops had a, a notion that mixed schools is where nonsense happened. Not knowing that put all, guy, all boys in a school and the boys do stupid shit. Do bare stupid shit. So what was the transition like then for you? Because obviously there's a difference when, you're, when the transition's being done through primary school and secondary school, but uni mm-hmm. and things like that that one is different the ball game there's different like it's not like as if like you have time like it's either you're liked or you're not liked mm-hmm. with that i would say that uh one it was a very lonely experience because mm-hmm. i'm learning how to form relationships on the go because eventually i learned that it's easier if i just learn how to roll my ones and just go to my classes and go home i said forcing shit so mm-hmm. I, I just eventually just got to the walk up took the train got to uni, done my class, took the train, went home. It was uh, the holidays is when that transition really kicked in. So what, that, that means that we could say that the reason as to why, for you, it was so late, I think the boarding, I think the school thing back in Ireland didn't help. No, it didn't. Because I think that that would have given you a different sort of perspective mm. when you came over here. That can sometimes work mm. in your benefit and sometimes it might work against you. Mm. The reason that I say that is that in terms of focus and what you want to do, obviously, if you don't have that distractions around you, mm. you've got more of a focus on what you want to do. So obviously, because you were at uni at the time, mm. there's more focus on your study. Like you don't have time to invest it into other things like motives, mm. girls and things like that. I'll touch on that actually, because that's something that my sister was like, mm. obviously being a younger one, she was more protected Mm. by um us lot mm. so now she's having now situations now where because she's sort of opening up to the world a bit more now there's certain things that she doesn't understand because she was so protected when she was younger mm. like there's certain things that she just doesn't know so mm. it's like there's certain traits about about let's say like guys or men that that because she wasn't open to it from a young age she like she, like she she doesn't have the understanding of it yet, so she mm. has to come to us mm. to sort of help her mm. 
understand those things. So it can work one way or, or, or another. True, 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 true. What I will say to that is that that's why I'm blessed to have the support network that I do have. Yeah. Because of the fact that there was a period of time where I leaned on you a lot and you didn't even know I was leaning on you mm. when it came to just uh, you not being a motivation for me to up my standard, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I remember one time during the first lockdown, I went to bug these two and I was skinny. Yeah. Mm. I think it's... Uh, one of them pulled me to one corner and they could wrap their arm around my wrist and they laughed at me and said it was childish. Yeah. yeah. At that moment in time, I started eating again. I respect that about the group, like the hard love. If I go back to what I said earlier, if you take a situation for what it is, I'm not trying to sound rude, but you were, you were too skinny. So now if I'm seeing that mm. or was seeing that, as forget about brothers, if we're saying we're in the same friendship group, Mm. as a friend mm. if we're supposed to be friends I should be able to tell you that no matter how I say it mm. I should be able to tell you that and if it's true you should see the how I'm being genuine in what I'm saying mm. and not how I said it mm. do you understand what I'm trying to say and then mm. based on that you should see that oh it's not a level of concern but they've made a valid ob- observation mm. and I need to try and make a change mm. if we're talking about now having a good friendship group like you guys were saying from the beginning how would you sort of respond to that? So when it comes to that, I would agree because it, it gave me kind of like a, a wake-up call. Yeah. Because one of the issues I've noticed with my distancing is that I could lock myself away. And then when I lock myself away, then I'm just left with my thoughts. And mm. when you overthink, overthinking and isolation is a bad combination. When I went there and he said that, it's like an external opinion because I value his opinion. I was like, yeah, I need to fix up. So I started adding back weight. And I think that's what I'm going to touch up on because, so say, for example, that scenario that he used, mm. that um, he done with the whole wrist. Mm. So if you have someone within the group that you don't deem their opinion as valuable right. to you, mm. would you have still... Be in a group. Could you have still stayed skinny at the time because you didn't approve of their opinion? Or, like, how would you have seen that? I probably would not have heard it, if I'm being honest. If I'm being honest, if you're saying in that scenario where I don't respect your opinion, probably would not have heard it. Probably mm. would have came in and went out. But what I would say is that in the environments I grew up in, the mindset that I have is very competitive by nature. So I view you all as healthy competition. So mm. I'm trying to perform in a way in which I can at least keep up. Ideally, I wouldn't have people in my circle that is like that. Okay. Because I know what that refers to like someone gives you advice and you don't rate the man that's giving you the advice yeah, yeah, yeah. in some ways that even annoys me when you think your advice is worth my my time to even listen if you don't want to be a type of shit yeah I agree you I agree be. you shouldn't be friends you shouldn't be but, yeah. but, 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 but then this is where we go back to that conversation that we had before at the start a lot of the time like when me and you spoke on the phone we mm. had a long com- conversation about this mm. a lot of relationship these days ain't the relationship that is supposed to be like people say oh you're this you're that you're my bro you're that like but mm. when it comes to it is it really that initially if you remember how the group formed they formed as a holiday group so it was alliances based on that does that make sense yeah so yeah. i get one of my boy 
gets get one of his boys, PK gets one of his boys, the six of us, we go out and we holiday. Mm. Now, as the years go by, bonds are formed and we start doing stuff outside of the holiday. What I, do you mean by that? What, what do you mean by outside the holiday? So we start going to events like Tork Tor Park and restaurants and dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of the holiday. Just bonding. Yeah. Now, because we're spending more time bonding as friends, we are at the stage now where we can control how we bond. So we can control how we are nurturing each other and each other. And I'm saying that we need to be more conscious of that fact. We're spending more time with each other. So because we're spending more time with each other, we need to be conscious of the influences we're having on each other. So we grow in a way that's beneficial and there's not friction and clashes. My only question to you, is, and this is for everyone. So if we're going to try and develop this mindset mm. and this approach as a group, if now we have all made the decision to be like this and be more, you know, growing in terms of our mind and be more open to learning new stuff and, you know, so on and so on. If we see that one person in the group is not going in that direction and is swaying left and he's not making an effort to try and go in that direction and he's staying in this childish in brackets mentality what is their approach as a group if we're going into a mindset of building and growth as a team yeah yeah unfortunately you ha- you carry the weakest member yeah because that's how a team works uh, yeah of course yeah. yeah how easy and difficult that is depends on how the conversation goes with the individual if you give me a, a, a space in which i can speak to you and my voice is respected i don't see where there's issue why there should be issues for boys you mm. should understand that this is for your best interest but do you not think as well that with that because a lot of the time remember the friendship group is fun everything mm. you do is just fun that's why it's important when it's time to have, sort of have those conversation like you have those conversation then like there's time to laugh there's mm. times to be serious there's time to talk business there's time to talk finances mm. the only thing is if it's something that is reoccurring year after year after year where it's just fun 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 mm. to get to the point where you've adapted to sort of having different conversations on different topics mm. It isn't something that's just going to be smooth. Like, it's mm. just going to happen just like that. Like, it's something that's going to happen, like, gradually. Like, everyone within the group needs to have the mind, the mindset of, ah, cool, you know what? Forget joking around. Forget saying, you know, making jokes, laughing at what this person's saying. Like, let's mm. actually have a different mindset approach. And I think that's probably the hardest thing within a group. Because you've gone from having fun throughout so many years, mm. it's hard to change that that mindset within a group. No, I hear yeah. that. I hear that. All I'll say to that is that we're waiting and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, hard doesn't mean impossible. And sometimes I have energy for doing stuff that's hard if everyone has the same energy. It would work, yeah. Yeah. It would work. So if everyone but, has the same energy, I'm more than happy to participate in that. But I would say that the vision that I have for us going in the future requires people carrying weight. For me, the most important thing in every group is for you to notice that even though, as I said, everybody has their own personalities, if it's a group, everyone genuinely does care about each other. And that's the most important thing. One person could feel like I'm not as close to this person as this person is. Mm. But just because you're not as close, like, for example, I'm not as close to Cab as Gids would be because mm. Gids is, has known Cab a lot longer than I have. Mm. But doesn't mean Cab doesn't genuinely want the best for me, mm. even though Gids is a lot closer to him. Mm. So it's just about everybody understanding, even in your groups, there will be certain friendships that are stronger and Mm. certain bonds that are stronger in the group. But it's just about understanding that in your group, you're a group for a reason. Mm. You guys, I mean, if it's a long group, for example, our group, five, Mm. six years now, 
Mm. It's a group for a reason. You, you've molded something. It's a bond that has not broken for a reason. Mm. That bond should be seen as important and that bond should be seen as something that you can fall back on in your times of need. Thank you for listening. This was the Vulnerability Diaries. I'm your host, Ayoye. We had PK, Gids, and Kabi, the road true to have part two of Betty's. Thank you. Appreciate all of you.